Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Welcome to High Stakes, episode 28. I'm your host, Neil Orfield. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. High Stakes is produced by Mike Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter at AwesomeYo. And our guest today is the reigning DraftKings best ball Millie Maker winner, Felix Castro, who you can find on Twitter at CryingBuffalo. His DraftKings username is TCastro1988. Uh, and he was a high school classmate of uh, best ball thought leader Eric Bimefor. Felix, uh, let's start with let's start with this. How did you get into best ball? Was Eric Bimefor uh, instrumental in getting you into best ball? Best ball, or is that just a huge coincidence that Eric is you know one of uh, the I would say one of the bigger names in best ball, one of the guys who's who does the most content related to it? And then of course you come in from the same high school and win a milli. Uh, your I believe your first year doing it. Is that coincidental, or, or was he instrumental in getting you into it? Extremely, you know, coincidental. Uh, we were happened to be in the same draft on DraftKings. I saw an e for I'm like, how many e fours could there really be <laughs> in this field? And I, I messaged him later on. I was like, hey, it's kind of crazy. We're both doing this, you know, thing. You know, good luck, you know, on that, in that, on that draft and whatever. And I kept seeing him here and there, and like, I, I, you know, I'm gonna see how what he's doing outside. I checked his Facebook. He wasn't on Facebook, and so I checked his Twitter. I Google or searched his Twitter name and he was everywhere. So I'm like, Oh, he, he's really into this. Like <laughs> I, I did, a, I did it the year before that. Okay. And, uh, I, the, I maxed the $3, you know, pretty much all right out first round. And, uh, so I was like, I'm going to give it another try. And, and obviously I got lucky. What was was the uh, the three dollar two years ago? Was that a one fifty max or a twenty max? It was just twenty max. Yeah. Okay. So so you uh, stepped your toes in lightly your first year yeah. in best ball. Didn't have uh, a ton of success. Maybe a little bit of success. And then last year it was a, was it a twenty dollar buy in? Yes, twenty dollar buy in one fifty. Did, did you play one fifty? Yeah. Okay. So I had just have... won. I had just won a fifty k on an NBA basketball playoff tournament the okay. day before. Yeah. Nice. Oh wow. So that that's what got you into best ball. You were just like. I got this money in my DraftKings account. Might as well keep going yeah. on this best ball thing. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, before we continue the conversation too much, uh, Terry Florida Boy 420 on Twitter asked, what is best ball? And I actually thought that's probably a good question to answer on these streams. I've done a few yeah. streams about best ball and I've never answered that question. Do you have, I mean, I assume as the best ball millimaker, maker, you've probably been asked this question before. What is best ball? Uh, do you have a good description of what best ball is? Well, I had my family all ask me what it was, and yeah. I had to like, try to like give them the basics. It's 
fantasy football the the year round where you don't have to mess with your lineups and it puts in the most optimal team that throughout the year. Yep. It's a, a roster of on, on DraftKings. It would be a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, and then a flex spot. You draft 20 players and each week it's, they put in the optimal lineup. Whoever scores the most points at each position, they put that player into your spot. Uh, and that goes for, 14 weeks, the, the first round, you are competing in the group of 12 people that you drafted with, or however many people are in the draft, generally 12. Uh, you are competing against those players, and whoever puts up the most points moves on to the second round, which would be week 15. This is coming up this week, which is why which is why I thought this week would be the right week to bring you on, because now we have just finished the regular season of Best Ball D. I guess they, they call it round one, but I call it the regular season. Me now too. we essentially start the playoffs. Round Week 15 is going to be round two, uh, or really round one of the playoffs. Uh, and then you're, I believe I, on Underdog now, it would be a group of 16, and uh, just one person moves on from round two. Is it the same for, do you know what the structure is for DraftKings this year? It's it, it's the same as it was last year. From what I know, it's one of twelve. Okay, so you're gonna be for the next two rounds, and then it's a thousand person final, practically. Yep. So you're you're randomly assigned a new group of of twelve people on DraftKings. You have to win that group to move on to round three, and then round three. I don't. I again don't know the number. Do you remember what the number was last year for Underdog or or for uh, for DraftKings? It was both. Uh, it was both. It was two rounds of twelve, and then. And one person advances, and then it, last year the final was 200 people. Yeah, and it's essentially a, a large GPP at the end. All the all the people who moved on after round three are grouped then together in one large GPP, and first place wins a milli and a tournament of champions ticket. I assume that is still the case this year. That was the case last year. I know that because Felix won it, and I very briefly got to meet Felix at yes. the tournament of champions. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't actually spend that much time hanging out, but no. uh, we at least met briefly, so that was fun to see you there um i think that's a pretty good explanation of best ball good enough i think for for the conversation do you have anything else you want to add the uh, we'll talk about it later we'll talk about the the groupings the groupings is it's it's the whole thing like in my opinion that nobody talks about it's uh i'll still talk about later i'm gonna talk about right now it is (laughs) yeah it uh like my worst team got through each week, like that team that got through went to the finals and won it was my worst team every single week that threw. No and way. it was the one that scored all the points week 17. Uh, it's it's why I have like huge stands in general is because I you can't predict when with what each team is going to do well. Like if you have an idea what's going to do well, you should probably spend more time playing that same kind of team because it could easily – get bounced in one round and in one grouping and it might do really well in the other one and it might win you a million dollars in week 17. All right. So now let, let me ask you an opinion related to that. Do you think it would be better instead of having these second groups of 12 or whatever to just put everybody into one group and just have the top six or I guess the, the top 12th on uh, DraftKings, the top 16th on underdog just put everybody in one group each week and just have that number move on. Is that you're, you're in agreement with that? Y- yes. Yes. Even though you won a milli last year with your lineup that would have been kicked out in earlier rounds, I like again my lineups were practically the same in each okay. round, and all those lineups would have I probably would have went one one through four had all those lineups gone through. Okay, wow. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's crazy. So they were you really? I mean, I know this about you. You really take stands in best yeah. ball. Uh, that's a that's a funny thought that you could have done even better if uh, if they had structured it 
a different way. Yes. Okay. So I think that I, I think that I'm on the same page as you. I don't I don't like the randomized groupings because you could just have a great team that's put in another a group with a bunch of great teams with similar players and right or somebody you know, who optimized just for week 15. You know, like, right. Yeah. It's it's tough. Yeah. It's definitely a tough. Can can be a tough draw. I think I'm with you. I think I'd prefer just large groups for each one and the top X percentage uh, move mm-hmm. on would probably be the ideal structure. Um, all right. So we're, we're talking strategy a little bit. Let's start by talking about last year. Actually, let's, let's start. Let's go back to the beginning again. So you said you played, uh, you, you maxed out the $3 20 entry two years ago. And, uh, and that was all you played. How did you get into best ball originally? Do you remember like how you even heard about best ball two years ago or how you got in? Uh, I think I was, cause back then I was just trying to, you know, get ready for week one of DFS. And uh, then I saw the little tab that said best ball and I clicked on it and just uh, played one. Then I got a little bit of a dick, you know, the little, oh, little bit of the, the, the opioid feel of it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I very much understand the addiction of doing drafts. Like people don't understand that it's not just the sweat of the actual contest. Like there are sweats within the drafts of like, is my stack going to come back to me? My stack, stack partner, like I can, yeah. you can feel really good about certain drafts. Uh, so there's, there's a sweat related there. It's definitely a, a little bit of a high just doing a draft. I think uh, the best part of like sometimes the fantasy football is just the drafting part. Like it's, you get to use your creative mind of telling a story throughout the, the entire season. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, and you uh, you did a, a pretty good job of telling that story last year. Worked out really well. Uh, let, let's talk about last year a little bit. So, so you said that you you maxed out uh, 150 entries. Uh, what did your exposures look like last year? Were you were you very condensed last year, taking big stands already? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell on DraftKings as they don't really give you a way to look at it. And Spike sure. has this amazing tool this year called Draft IQ. They you can see all your lineups and whatnot. But on there. You can't really te- see what your exposures are, how much, you know, high, high, how low. You had to go through each each lineup. Luckily, I did know who I was drafting for the most part, and I know that I had roughly 75 to 80% Cooper Cup and roughly in that same area with Jamar Chase. Okay. I took – and I had about 90% Colin Johnson, which nobody, you know, will know about, but if, he, you know – had he done well, it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he he was not helping you, but Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase last year, that was kind of a cheat code to have those two in just about every draft. Yeah. Or in a, and, a good number of drafts, at least. It's like I had them, but they were going at the, like, the same area, like them and uh, Chris Godwin. He was one of my higher-owned receivers, okay. and they were all kind of going in the same spot. So instead of focusing too much on my round two player, I was taking like Cooper Cup in round two, and I would go uh, Chris Godwin and – Jamar Chase and it was just switching up the ADP because I don't believe in ADP. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ADP is uh, not necessarily the best indicator of what you should do. Uh, if you, if you believe in the intelligence of crowds, I guess ADP is, is worth something, but yeah. yeah, if you, if you think that crowd is getting it wrong, it's definitely uh, worthwhile to exploit that. That's the same concept we talk about frequently in DFS to be exploitative when the field is getting something wrong, take advantage of that and maybe go over the field on a player. If, if people are drafting him too late, um, yeah, it's a, definitely a, an intelligent approach. I got to say with Cooper Cup, I was all in two years ago. I think uh, I think because of the stochastic rankings two years ago, they loved him like relative to every other site. And I got to a ton of Cooper Cup two years ago. And then this year, I think they were actually, they still liked him better than like other places uh, at Cooper Cup. But I uh, I think I was closer to the field. Sorry, I mean, I mean, 
last year. Yeah, I was I was close to the field on Cooper Cup. Uh, so missed out on the the real explosion where he was like a fourth rounder. And I, I was torn because it was Cooper Cup or Robert Woods last year, right? And I yeah. did not take any major stand. Did, did you have a good amount of Robert Woods or did you have a I, I had zero Robert Woods? I, I knew wow. like I I made the stand like this guy is gonna blow up. He actually is a good quarterback. Then, then this whole breakfast thing came out, and it was like even harder to get Cooper Cup. So I'm like, I, just, I have to take this guy around too, so I can get the other combinations of Cooper Cup and whatnot. Wait, you were taking Cooper Cup in round? I feel like his ADP was like around round four. It was last like year. late, late round three, early round four. Okay, and you were taking him in round two. Yeah, because if you want like a lot of one player, yep. you kind of have to, you kind of have to reach. And, and again, I, I knew that. Chris Godwin last year was going that early. So I knew that I needed to reach on Cooper Cup if I wanted Chris Godwin as well, kind of deal. And I, I didn't, in the draft that wanted, that's not how it happened. But I think that draft was a little bit earlier in the season. Okay. So Cooper Cup in round two, that uh, certainly helpful to take him there. Zero Robert Woods. I knew that you were a stand taker. I did not know that you were taking that big of stands where, because, yeah. you know, for me, those were like, I don't really know. These guys all, they're kind of interchangeable to me. I'll take Cooper Cup here. I'll take Robert Woods in the next one. There was uh, a little bias in this. Uh, the, my first 50K came from a, a Cooper Cup, okay. Chris Godwin stack. So oh, that's awesome. it, it was a little bit of bias and it's kind of worked me out. <laughs> kind of worked out for me. Yep. Yep. Definitely worked out. Uh, so you, okay. You had 150 on DraftKings last year. Did you play at all in Underdog last year? Uh, I played 11 and advanced five last okay. year. That's yeah. a it's a great advancement right now. Yeah, yeah. Not a high number of drafts. Did you have a? Did you move any on beyond? I, I assume you had Cooper Cup there as well. Yeah, I had Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. I had the the whole shebang. I had a I had one make it to the third round, which I guess yeah, the third round right before the finals. And it, it certain things had worked out a different way. I would have I probably would have won the million there, but again, that third round is just a it's a it's a crapshoot. Yeah, that that is very true. Um, okay, so so those are your big stands. Sounds like your big stands worked out with the exception of Colin Johnson last year and just having those those players, I guess, right? Uh, did you? So I'll, I'll uh, beyond just the player selections, were you or to what extent were you correlating your lines? Like, were you just doing correlations uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, quarterback with wide receivers? Were you worried about like the playoff weeks? Uh, how much did that kind of stuff factor into your builds? Last year. Uh, last year, it was only just, you know, let's get as many team stacks as I can. Uh, the team that won it has like a four stack. It had, uh, it had Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, uh, Leonard Fournette, and Rob Gronkowski on, on that team. And that's like, I, I watch a lot of, you know, awesome slash last year, so tastic, you know. And uh, I was watching Lafayette, he kept talking about, you know, let's, different teams and, and and he kept bringing up the box like they could be, should be a super house you might want as many of them as you can get and, and i i took it to heart and it worked out for you yeah that's a that's awesome um and then, and then uh continuing on with so, so you're doing quarterback with wide receivers so justin mcmahon actually sent this question today felix do you think researching week 17 matchups before the season starts is a complete waste of time asking for a friend who thinks it's ridiculous a ridiculous waste of time i'm not sure who's throwing shade at i think that might be it's, it's at liam. adam share oh it's at liam i think no. so well maybe it's adam share too well i think it's because they and pete everybody who's on this week 17 thing i all right so pre we were talking about this before the show about my big board versus my regular, my big board, I'm advancing about 50%. And I just focus on drafting the best players, you know, at their certain positions. And, 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 and we should say, 
let, let me just clarify sir so I, I had to ask you this before the show so i want to uh say the big board is drafts that took place before the rookie draft this year yes okay. and then so i i focused on you know a couple of rookies at the end of the drafts mainly focused on like just drafting the best no like what we know of like from players and then i've once bbm3 came out i started focusing on week 17 and, and not like that would make my decisions only based on week 17 but if there was a player kind of close i would you know kind of gravitate towards that grouping of players yep. and i think that kind of messed me over even though the guy that just uh, took down a took down a million uh, king cap he he just he had a lot of week seventeen correlation, so maybe it's good for the regular season as well. But that's just a, I mean uh, that's just a coincidence that it worked yeah. out during the regular season because yeah. I mean if you're planning for week seventeen, I think that's uh, but my advance rate is not good so far. I mean to be fair, I did draft like the number one bust of round one, so it, it is a uh, number one bust of round one. Who would be? I'm trying to think. That's Jonathan Taylor. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, I'm blanking on who is, who is in it's, round it's one. Najee, it's Najee Harris. Oh, no. I, see, I, I never took him in round one, so that's why he, I wasn't yeah, he was going to He Harris. was going on pick eight-ish area. Ooh, okay, yeah. that explains why I had very little Najee yeah. Harris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then what? how much Najee Harris did you have this year? Uh, $10,000 worth. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the, yeah. I had about 70% uh, of Najee Harris throughout all drafts. Okay. Uh, so I, I want to come back to the, the dollar amount play, but first I want to finish up this conversation about week 17 matchup. So you say for you, it was essentially a tiebreaker. Like it wasn't something that was really guiding your decisions, but it was, uh, if it came down to two players who you had at, who you had similar interest in, and one was a, a bring back on one of your stacks and one was mm-hmm. not, you would go with a bring back or it, was it more than that? It, it was uh 
it was mainly that. I, if I had to do it over again, I think I would rather just take the high upside player versus the Week 17. I think at this point, uh, based on my, you know, what happened to my teams, but we'll, it's tough to find. It's tough to answer right now because of how this year's played out so far. But I guess we'll kind of see where it kind of lays. It's going to be kind of an interesting study because my big board teams are so much better than my than my uh, BBM three teams. Okay, that that will be interesting to see. Uh, okay, so I I took this again as a shot at Adam Shirk because I know I believe Adam yeah. is the one who is anti he, he uh, the, the week stupid, seventeen correlation. Yeah. Whereas I think Liam is pretty. I mean, based on our conversation on high six, I think Liam was actually one of the the first to start factoring in the week yeah. seventeen. He said he focused on it last year. Yeah, and and I I think I had one game that was correlating and it it, it kind of factored a little bit but it wasn't really a big factor like i didn't have one from each team kind of thing but yeah yeah i gotta say i i have never really factored in this year i started to just a little bit so i had not even thought about it uh last year this year i started to think well maybe i should try to do some like so i did uh maybe in maybe five drafts out of 150 i tried to do like all right i'll do i'll do a bills bengals kind of thing it it was not a huge factor for me uh but i think maybe for me that's partially because i've actually never gotten through to week 17 so i'm just like i just got to get there first i gotta i gotta smell it and then maybe after i get there and i see my team and it's uncorrelated i'm like i have no shot then next year i'll change my strategy but first i want to make sure i can actually get to week 17 but i think that's one of the more interesting high level conversations that people are having is how predictive is it? Like people like are making assumptions about how good a matchup is in week 17, like how bad this defense is going to be. Uh, players get traded throughout the year. Players get right. hurt. So it's, uh, it's really hard to, uh, I don't know, hard to know exactly how much you should be factored in. Unless certainly... you're really good at player analysis. Yeah. 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 Uh, but if you're really good at player analysis, why are, are you, do you really want to be correlated instead of just taking the player that you right. have analyzed and found to be better? Um, I think it's, uh, it's certainly an interesting high level discussion that, uh, yeah, maybe I'll start factoring in a little bit more next year. I just think it's it's so so hard to plan for 17 weeks out as opposed to let's just get through first. Uh, but I mean, a, a, another thing is, so maybe if you don't factor it in, you're going to have higher advance rates in general. Um, but mm-hmm. I think uh, Liam would be an advocate for, well, it doesn't really matter what your advance rate is. If your teams are correlated and have a shot once you get in, you're going to, do, do, do you disagree with that, uh, that it doesn't really uh. matter? It, it, it's coming from a guy that didn't have good advance rates, right? And sure. so my theory is that if you have higher advance rate, this whole variation of what groupings you're in, it's it's going to kind of dilute that because you're going to have more shots at the yep. totem pole. Yep, yep. And I think having a better advance rate is just going to give you a better opportunity to take down the whole thing. Yep. I, uh, that's generally my thought process as well. I want to be advancing teams on each round and then just yeah. hope that one of them lucks out. But, uh, you know, I can I can see the merit to doing it. All right. Well, I mean, we, we were talking about Liam. Is Liam your rival? I mean, you you won DraftKings last year. He won Underdog last year. Are you guys rivals for for the rest of your lives, like uh, Bird and Magic kind of thing? I wouldn't say rivals or anything like that. I I, I, I like him. I just I somebody's he he's uh he's very uh he's very with his own thought. He thinks it's 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 either that way or it's like I don't think he can take in another theory sometimes. <laughs> He's opinionated. He's yeah, a, he's a, yeah, yeah, yeah strong. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and, and his his other theory is you just got to draft all the bills all the time. Is that, is yeah, that... I was like, you're lucky that the bills were good because if they were just, <laughs> I don't think you're going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it helps when your favorite team is uh, a great best ball team. But yeah. I mean, he's a sharp guy anyway. Aside from his his bills love, his homerism, uh, <laughs> definitely a, a sharp player. But 
uh yeah it's pretty funny that you guys uh and and okay here here's another question following up on the liam discussion so this year we, we just saw and i forgot his name or you you said the name earlier the guy who won this year the, uh, the regular yeah. season millie king cap uh king, king capital cap. on twitter yep yep i know him as king cap he yeah he's a good guy so he just won a milli on underdog so that's two years in a row we've had a chess player who's <laughs> won a milli on underdog are you any good at chess uh, no, I, I mean I know how to play chess, but I, I am not good at chess. I will not uh, get on their little little tournament that they're setting up. Are, uh, are they actually my, setting it up? I, I thought I yeah, thought I think so. Ducking I, him. All right. Uh, no, I think I think he's taking it. Uh, I, I'm I'm putting my money on King Cap. Actually, yeah, I, I saw in the video that Liam started talking trash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the video, which which I enjoyed. Uh, oh, you're putting your money on King Cap. Interesting. Yeah, I put my money on King Cap. Yeah. Well, he I mean, came yeah. out, he gave me he a shout out, and, and he's yeah, been yeah. a part of my he's, he joins my YouTube channel occasionally. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess he, he uh, apparently has the higher score on the the chess thing that rates you. I I don't understand all of it. I I have no idea because I barely know. I don't even think I know all of the rules of chess, so <laughs> it'd be hard for me to uh, to evaluate which one of them I would take uh, in a match. But that's fun if they actually do that. I would I would enjoy that. I don't yeah. know that I'd watch because I wouldn't understand what was happening. But uh, but I'd, I'd watch it at two times speed off. later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So so last year we, we we've talked. Uh, gone over last year a good amount let's talk about this year a little bit so you as somebody who took major stands last year it worked out great uh same thing this year How, how's that going uh not not great this year so far but uh it's been a lot of fun uh my teams struggled early i built a lot so my stands that i took on the big board are doing really well and then my stands that i've switched over on the bbm3 kind of like did well and then they got a lot of steam from like other people so then i started losing a little bit on my stance but the the teams on uh bbm3 were are building towards the finals so i think they're going to do really well in the playoffs but again the variance of 15 16 and 17 of the groupings we'll see so i mean uh, so that's interesting. So we were just having the conversation about like, well, you want to have a better advance rate uh, versus correlating for week 17. So you didn't have as great of an advance rate this year, right? You said that yeah. uh, you advanced very few teams as opposed to last year. I assume, I, I guess I didn't ask you this. How, how, do you remember what your advance rate was last year? It was just a uh, hair under uh, 50%. Which is so insane. I, I had, eight, I had 80, 80 uh, or no, 69 of the 150 go through. And then I had like uh, a the, the three dollar 20 and then i did a couple other ones that advanced yeah so an average advance rate for people listening would be 25 out of 150 would it would be one out of six uh which is you know two two out of 12 which is so that's average and and you got through 69 out of 150 <laughs> which is very nice that is a very nice advance rate yeah. uh this year though not not such a high advance rate. Uh, i think about 16 percent, which is about average i think it is because it's like okay. yeah it's like eight percent is a is the one or one out of six is eight and then so two out of 12 is 16 percent okay um and you played okay uh so you played last year you won the millie on DraftKings. you clearly had mm-hmm. a lot more volume on DraftKings. Yeah. uh did you still this year have a lot more volume on DraftKings than underdog where where were you putting all this money in all my money went to to underdog mainly this year because uh under DraftKings doesn't seem to want to support best ball in any way until the actual nfl season yeah. i wish they would put it like just like underdog would throughout the year but i get it 
I really thought that them not doing it was them like saying, hey, we should look focus on this and, and improving the system. That wasn't the case. It's still not the greatest way to view teams and they don't update this, the teams right away. So it's a little frustrating that they didn't upgrade it right away, but it is what it is. So yeah, a lot more on underdog this year. Okay. Did you still like 150 max the $5 million or do anything like that? Like, so, so you did play some volume on DraftKings? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I maxed the, the $20 because I wanted to say I was the back-to-back $20 champion. And then nice. uh, uh, I maxed the $5. I did a couple five five fives and I, I still they run like these resurrection drafts where you can do a draft for the rest of the season. I do one. I do one. One or two to one to two a week on those ones. And I, as I recall from last year, I actually didn't even look at those this year. As I recall from last year, there was a pretty big overlay on some of those yeah. resurrection. Was that again the case this year? Uh, a, a, a couple of times, not very much this year, but they're still running out like decent prizes for it. So I was just put one or two and maybe gets lucky. Okay. So you played the majority of your volume on uh, underdog this year. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you ask you this question, uh, I, which I had uh, two questions sort of related. Uh, but trouble thirty five, I think it's troubles DK uh, asks uh, when you've won five, six, seven figure payouts. Uh, how did you adjust your behavior or play to avoid risk of ruin? And what, if any, uh, changes did you make? Uh, what bad habits do you have that other players would benefit from? being aware of so how how have things changed since you won the milli i guess is is how i or or the fifty thousand. you know however you want to uh to answer this what has changed since you started making good money at this uh not much i mean to be honest uh my my stands took a little i I took even harder stands this year on on best ball but my lifestyle hasn't changed in any way i still play the dollar i don't really I don't really bet any different other than that way, but like, but my stands on best ball have, have, uh, I thought, you know, this year is kind of like a goal in on a few players. And, and if that's like the right ticket, I'm going to have more, I'm going to look really smart, but you know, obviously it didn't I have a little bit of trades this year, so it didn't look as great, but you know, I, I was happy to take that chance on a, on a smaller sweat ish this year, but. Okay. So, so your lifestyle hasn't changed, but uh, I mean, you said you had like ten thousand dollars down on Najee Harris. Uh, did you play significantly higher volume after your big yeah, win yeah, last yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, I, got, I have a little extra, so <laughs> then yeah, I won the fifty k. So I was like, well, why not? You know? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I definitely spent more this year. I uh, we are pretty much living off of dividends, and then uh, so my wife's at home, and all the money I make from my job uh doing a data data entry it's not really you know anything spectacular listen to you guys about 10 hours a day you know and uh and then i come home and i would throw up a few drafts and it's like it's nothing nothing different now that i stream it it's uh people want to see different kind of streams and and whatnot and and different drafts so okay so you've been doing some of your drafts on stream that kind of guides you in some ways too (laughs) yeah yeah they uh the, the stream drafts are for real they're tough Tough and what you mean? You mean it's tough to talk about it while you're doing the draft? Uh, tough to talk about. It's actually fun to talk while you're drafting, but it's tough because I'm talking about kind of my thought process, and it's fun to bounce my ideas off of them. But at the same time, they're hearing those ideas, so it's like, oh, well, I'll just take that player. So it, it worked. It was a you know double headed sword on it or double edged sword on it. But yeah. So you, did you run into that where you were uh, doing drafts and you could see people were in your stream uh, drafting with you? Yeah, it was pretty tough because. Uh, I have my 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 core following, and they switched their avatar to do the same as mine. So it's like, nice. oh, I got got four That's of my awesome. guys in here with me. It's gonna be That's a tough really draft. Funny. Yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. It's uh I have been the other guy. I've never been the guy doing the stream, but I've definitely like watched streams and joined the draft so I could draft against the people and uh, as I'm watching their stream. Uh, but I, I have so far been a nice guy. I have not tried to break up their stacks or anything. I, I just yeah. focus on my team and listen to them uh, at the same time. I have not gone ahead and broken up their stacks. Um, which I, I guess I will uh, go to that question. I was going to ask you. So Matthew, Matthew Wiley was on this podcast oh, yeah, a I few watched episodes ago. Good. Yeah. Uh, and he, he mentioned that when he plays best ball, he plays defensively and he <laughs> goes out of his way to break up other people's stacks uh, so that they won't have their full stack. Is that a strategy that you also employ? If and I, I thought that was a really good idea. Like it, it really is. I personally don't really do it unless I like that player or I like that team as well. Like he said, he would draft the burrow on somebody else's Higgins and chase. It, that's fine. You can find a correlation later in the draft. If you really want to, you can put it paired up with Tyler Boyd and, and uh, Hayden Hurst. You could have had the back stack of that one and you could have had personally, potentially the Diggs or Gabe Davis, and you could have correlated it that way. It's, it's, it's a lot of different ways you could, you could do it. It's not like you're hurt. If you're, if you're taking like, in my opinion, Derek Carr, I don't, think he's a good quarterback if if he would have been the person you're taking like i don't know if that would have been plus ev even though they're having the Devonte adams mac holland stack or something right okay so you situationally you might consider doing it going forward it's not something you've done in the past yeah um, i'm more worried about my team making the best team i can make not really yep. worrying about what they can do yeah, and that's that has generally been, and I, I don't think that I'm going to start trying to break up other other people's stacks because uh, I, I generally think like I'm I'm concerned about the playoffs, and I'm not concerned about just beating this person in my twelve person draft. I'm concerned about beating out winning this group of twelve, and then beating other teams in the playoffs. So I I don't try to break up other people's stacks. I'm not sure that it's all that beneficial to you to break up other people's stacks, uh, but I don't know. I guess I can see some merit to it, uh, yeah. but I for me it's not uh, the most important thing to do. Let me take a minute away from this conversation with Felix to tell you about our sponsor, Odd Shopper. Make your best bets in 30 seconds or less with Odd Shopper. With hundreds of bets featured daily, Odd Shopper gives you the edge you need betting player props and game lines across all sports. Sign up for free now via the link in the video description below to gain access to our proprietary data, which will help you make your best bets. With expected win percentages and ROIs included, Odd Shopper uses the same DFS projections we use here at Stochastic to filter out the best bets available. Oddshopper also features a parlay builder with optimized parlays and an arbitrage tool that identifies risk-free, guaranteed profit bets that you can make across sportsbooks. Um, all right, one one question that I wanted to ask that we've we've kind of touched on, so I think you have largely answered this question. But uh, what's the better platform? I mean, so so you you won your milli on DraftKings, but it sounds like you don't think DraftKings is actually the best best ball platform. Uh, would you say Underdog is the best ball platform? Do you play on Drafters at all? Uh, how how would you rate the best ball platforms that you have? been a part of so this is my first year on drafters i'm just gonna put it out there i yeah. suck at drafters it's not even close i'm probably one of the worst players on drafters this year i have i have one team that's 50 spots away from the bottom anyways uh between DraftKings and i like drafters it, it's probably it's I, they have a lot of like uh, tools that you can use that i like they have an exposure page on there and it was like it's a lot it's very easy to a access the drafts were like it took forever to fill drafts. That that part kind of sucked. But um, DraftKings, if they would, I like that the fact that they you can't upload a CSV and you it makes it harder for for sharks in my opinion, like to to draft better. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, it kind of stinks that like 
the after the drafting phase is so bad. But but in all reality, now that Spike Week has this tool where you can see you can pull up your teams, it's it's really not that bad. Uh, it they also don't really give it a good way to stream it. I, I will say that it, it is you know fun to stream with my chat, but it's like there's not a really good way to view it. Um, Interesting. So I would say Underdog has a better visual. Uh, is that because so so is, is DraftKings is still not possible to draft on a desktop or a laptop? You you have to go uh, on your I, phone. I, I draft uh, on okay. a, on a desktop. Yeah, so but, it is possible. Yeah, yeah. It's just it looks kind of clunky. Okay. Yeah, Underdog makes it a little bit easier. Uh, to, yeah. There's to a board. There's a there's color coding. Right. There's right. A few few extra things. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hadn't thought about the the streaming aspect of it, but yeah, I mean. I mean, uh, hesitant to, uh, to to give compliments to a competitor and and uh, Spike Week very much a competitor. They're they're a Rotor Runners product, but I will okay. say uh, Eric has done a great job. I, I've been hey, using he, Spike he's Week. just my, he's my buddy, you know. I, I know, no, I'm I'm kidding, and, and he's also a former guest on the show. I yeah, love yeah, Eric yeah. and uh, and Spike Week. I I actually just signed up a couple of weeks ago to to track this stuff, and I have have really enjoyed it. So I yeah. I will I will compliment that that one product, and it does make following on DraftKings uh, much much easier. Yeah. Um, so so nice work there by Eric. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm I'm kidding about not giving compliments uh, no, yeah, I mean, to, yeah. to some extent. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Will, Will Shu asked, I want to know, and oh. I think you probably answered this, but in <laughs> retrospect, would you have handled Najee and the 101 of your first round picks different? You didn't take him at the 101, did you? Yep. You took Najee <laughs> at the 101? My, my, okay. So we'll, we'll just start there. So I took him at 101 and partially because he won me the Millie. He was the, on the last play. He, he, you know, put it in the end zone. And, and secured it for me. So I had some biases to it, but I, my thought process with was Najee going to one-on-one was like, I can get different combinations of round two with him. And I thought Najee would be, you know, stellar to be fair. He got a list Frank injury literally day one of training camp and it kind of set him back. And you can kind of see that like he got set back in the beginning of the season. And then once the buy came around, like, as soon as he came back, he, have some good games, but that's here nor there. It it was just a theory of getting different combinations of uh, of one player. Okay, so what I'm hearing is it's important to have biases when you're drafting because we know so Liam drafts all Bills. Uh, you just draft everybody who has helped you in past tournaments. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was Cooper Cup, and now I guess Najee didn't actually help you, so it wasn't wasn't helpful in this case. But you just got to incorporate your biases into your process. Is what I'm hearing is yes. that's good advice. Yes, <laughs> not financial advice, but it is good <laughs> yeah. advice. I'm not sure that it is good advice. <laughs> it can work out, but but I think uh, maybe maybe for some people it's, it's good advice. Yeah. But I I don't know that it's necessarily uh, worked out. With Cooper Cup though, that was definitely a stand that was worth yeah. taking last year. Najee at the 101, maybe uh maybe a bridge too far did not quite work out so well for you this year. Yeah. Uh, but I assume you, the answer is yes. You would you would uh, in retrospect handle that a little bit differently. I mean, if he could have gotten hurt when I was drafting before beforehand, you drafting, yeah, yeah, that would have been great because. Had I not, I would have been 100% 101 Jamar Chase. Like it was like very close between those two. So, okay. And, and he's coming around. So, like, I don't know. It, it depends. So, I would think, I mean, if, if you were taking him at the 101, was that like every draft? Like, were you consistently, if you could get Najee, you were yeah. taking Najee? Like, every draft Najee. that you had the possibility to take him. So I the wanted- only way you would not get him is if you had like pick nine, 10, 11, and 12, and he had already been taken. Occasionally he would go a two or four. I don't know if I was my influence on other people, but it he was it, it was going at different spots. So occasionally, I think I got like a a, a pick eight, um, Justin Jefferson because like like different picks were going in front of it, and like 
I was creating a, like a weird semi, like different different drafts because it it, it really didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But people would. Tra- I don't know if they saw me and knew that I was going to take Nashi, so they thought it'd be funny to take Nashi, which is perfectly fine because I already have yeah. three hundred other Nashi teams, so I have every combination probably at this point. But okay, so so let me ask you this: Say you get to the tenth pick in the draft, and Christian McCaffrey is available, and and so is Nashi. In that case, would you have considered uh, taking Christian McCaffrey instead of Najee, even though you valued Chris, uh, Najee higher because you clearly are going to be able to do a different type of construction because Christian McCaffrey is usually the, the 101 or the 102. You got him at the 110. Like you're a leg up on the field drafting this player so far. Is that something that you would have done uh, this summer or something you would consider doing? So I've been drafting. I was drafting in February of last year. Okay. And, and and Chris McCaffrey was going in the, at the, in the second round occasionally. Because that's just how ADP fluctuates. And oh no! Okay. Yeah, like yeah, he, he was going. He was going fairly late, and it's like because like, he had just come off his injury, so people didn't want to like, take that chance again. So, so it, it depends on how far. It, if it happened this year, I guess it would have happened to happen to have like. Sorry, I said the same word like four times there. If it would have like been like one of my first drafts, I might have taken Nashi still, and mm-hmm. maybe he came back or created another ADP glitch kind of scenario uh that i probably would have taken it but later in the year because the more teams i had the more i was likely to fluctuate what i was exactly thinking okay uh all right so maybe not the best example because you could have gotten him earlier in earlier rounds but mm-hmm. the, the thought process so if, if there was a different player maybe jonathan taylor was never going in round two if jonathan taylor had been there available at pick 12 along with Najee Harris at that point would you have considered Jonathan Taylor over Najee Harris even though you like Najee Harris better because you would be able to have a, a unique construction getting like Jonathan Taylor with I don't know Devonte Adams or whoever else is available at that pick had it been last year I probably would have I didn't see good things for Jonathan Taylor this year okay. but the quarterback change it, it, it it's very my player analysis with Najee, uh, with Najee versus other players I I saw Najee being the number one running back in, in okay. the league. So in my eyes, it's like, why would I take someone that's not going to be Najee? But in, in this scenario, I, I may take JT because I know, well, I could get, you know, Najee on the turnaround or. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose in this case, it's not the best because you yeah. can just take both. I'm trying to give you a game theory versus yeah. player analysis. No, yeah, you situation. can't get me off And Najee. you're just like, no, nah, we're doing the player just, analysis. Just you can't, and I'm you can't with Najee. Najee. <laughs> okay, so there's just, there's just no scenario where we're not taking Najee. I tried, and, and, I tried to get you off him here. and it's just, As uh, soon as he got hurt, I made that switch over. Uh, look, I want as much Jamar Chase as I can get. Yeah. It, it, it's all player. I, th- I think Najee's a good player. I think, you know, I, I think JT's an okay player with a really good line. That's what he played with last year. Okay. All right. So you have Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, and Jonathan. No, not Jonathan. You don't like Jonathan Taylor. I'm trying to think of Nick another. Show. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. What's uh, going Nick... to third round? Uh, no, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to give you a, a real decision point where you have the 12th overall pick and you have, you know, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, and uh, who who is some Jamar Chase. Would you go Jay Jets and Jamar Chase in that case instead of Najee? Yeah, I would go. I would go Jamar uh, Justin just because like you're never going to get that scenario ever okay. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You got me there. You got me there. I found one. I found one, one lineup, and yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. All right, we, we found we found that scenario. <laughs> I'm glad I, I had to give you a hypothetical, a hypothetical <laughs> where he would not take Najee. I'm glad I found it. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit about playoff best ball. First of all, do you play playoff best ball? Uh, I did. Like ten lineups last year, I 
advanced like two into the second round and then I was out after that. Okay. So, uh, so it's not a huge thing for you. So we don't need to talk about it. If it's not a big part of your life, you're not doing playoff basketball. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'm going to run some, but I, I, it's, it's a really tough game. I'm going to be honest. It, it, I don't really have, I, I, feel, I don't feel like I have an edge on it. Okay. So I don't want to waste money if I don't have an edge. Okay. So the, yeah, the, the difficulty for, for anybody who hasn't played it is you have to get players through the bye week and, and generally teams that are on bye. So uh, the, the top team in each conference is, is on bye in the first week of playoff basketball. And those are generally the teams that are most likely to make the Super Bowl. Of course, last year we had the Titans. I don't Titans, think many yeah. people actually needed, felt the need to draft no. the Titans anyway, but they clearly have a leg up because they get that bye. So, you know, one last game they have to win to get there. Uh, and you have to then, of course, get teams through that are going to have enough players in the final. So it's a really difficult equation to figure out, like, do I draft the, I mean, this year it'll be probably the Eagles. Like, do I draft Eagles players, even though I can't use them at all in week one, how many Eagles players can I draft and still right. draft a team that can get through round one? Uh, it is definitely a, a very difficult equation. It's uh, also difficult because you uh, you don't even know who's in the playoffs yet on the AFC side. It, it's right. a very close Certainly. race between a bunch of teams, yeah. and you're going to want one of those wild card teams, I think. And it's like you kind of know what's kind of happening on the NFC side, and it's like you you're gonna, you're kind of wasting money potentially if you're just throwing out teams for the AFC teams, other than if you go Chiefs or I'm trying to think who else is locked Bills. up there. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, one of those two teams at least. Uh, you don't yeah. know who's going to actually make the playoffs at this point. Yeah, yeah I mean, I love the Bengals. I, I have a feeling that they could easily rock it out to the Super Bowl again, but they could also just get bumped out of the playoffs because it's that close out there. Right, the Bengals, the Dolphins, like a lot of these teams that I'm like, yeah, the Dolphins. I, I build some some lineups where I'm just like, okay, these. I know that Tua is going to be there, and or I'm fairly confident. I'm not sure if they've locked it up, but I'm fairly confident that they're not going to get the bye week, and he's going to be playing in round one. So then when I do that, if I draft Tua, then I'm like, well, I'm just going to assume here, build this lineup for the Dolphins going all the way, and maybe just do one quarterback. Uh, but it's definitely a, it's a different yeah. equation than regular season. Best they're going to be on the bubble, too. If, if they lose this week to the Bills, they're going to be – you know, eight, eight and something. And it's like, they're like two games out and it's not very many games left, but yeah, it's, it's risking it. Yeah. It's cold weather games for these dolphins boys. They're not looking good. No, it's not, not a fun one for them in Buffalo. Yeah. It's going to be tough with snow. And I think snow is uh, in the forecast Oranges or something like that. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It's uh poor, poor them. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, so you had mentioned uh, that you drafted Christian McCaffrey and you started drafting in February last year. So yeah. let me ask you this. When do you believe is the best time to draft for best ball? I think it depends on the, the drafter. Uh, personally, I think I have an edge on knowing what uh, what rookies are good or what you know where they might stand later, in, like in the season. I think also like the more news that comes out, the better it is for you know for the everyday drafter who's not like focused in on the NFL like solely every day. Uh, I would say it's probably better if you draft later in the season. Okay. So in general, for most players, probably better later in the season, but for you, because you think you have a good read on mm -hmm. rookies and stuff, it, it's better maybe to draft a little bit earlier. Yeah. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. And yeah, for people don't, that don't uh, know the equation here, it's you have more information later on. Uh, so, you know, if you're more casual, maybe it's helpful to just have all of that information. Like, where did the rookies go? Which teams are they playing on? Uh, which players are hurt? Like, uh, but if you draft early, like you said, you can get guys like Christian McCaffrey in the second round. Yeah. Whereas later, Saquon was going on the third, you know, in the early draft. Alvin Kamara was like very yeah. late after the, after yeah. it was like, there was a potential suspension. <laughs> and then he this, started going yeah. on. Of course, he didn't end up doing all that great this year anyway. But right. uh, there, there are big examples of players that'll go from, you know, Damian Pierce was a great example. When I, I started had doing best ball drafts, forty percent Damian Pierce in the, in the big board. So that, that was helpful. Uh, yeah. yeah, he he was he was going like around pick one forty early on when I started drafting, and I wasn't taking him. I didn't know who this guy was. He didn't you watch uh, his look... college tape. It is it is something to watch. It is, is it incredible. Really? Yeah, like he is a scary individual. Okay, well. I wish I watched that because I missed out. And then yeah. by the time best ball season wrapped up, he was going around pick like 70, 60. I don't know. He was. Yeah. He was only the fifth round. It was insane. I was getting him in the last round right off the rip. And then it's like, and then the draft happens and he kind of went up a couple rounds and then any kind of talk, he shot up so fast after the first preseason game. Yep. And same thing. Like Isaiah Pacheco is a guy that I was drafting in the last round consistently throughout like July and then by like late August, Isaiah Pacheco was going, you know, seven rounds earlier than he had been uh, during July. So a lot, lot of examples of those players that just it kind of worked uh, inversely, too, because after watching that Seahawks Bears preseason game, I jumped off board. I was like, they may not score a point all season. Justin it, Fields it, you're it, talking about. Yeah, Justin Fields and the Seahawks. Like I jumped off completely. I was on them because they had to like a lot of like bring backs for my, my players. But after watching, they were just so bad. I had three total shares out of 150 on Justin Fields. And I had just, I remember it distinctly. I had just started thinking, hmm, maybe I need to really focus on Justin Fields, getting more of those lineups. And then I talked to a friend of mine who was like, he is terrible. I've been watching the Bears. Justin Fields is awful. And I was just like, all right, I didn't even watch the game. I was just like, I'm taking your word for it. He's not any good. I'm not going to, I stopped drafting him. So got three total shares. And uh, I now hate that friend. I've stopped. stopped, stopped. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's still a friend of mine. Um, Okay, yeah, it's uh, I I also got uh, stopped stopped drafting field sadly and uh, did not benefit from that. So I uh, was kind of hoping that his injury, you know, not not career ending, but like maybe keep him out for like the rest of the regular season. I don't know, yeah, because um, it's gonna gonna hurt me when he's playing the Lions in yeah. week seventeen if I manage to get a team through. Did you happen to uh, what was your quarterback strategy for uh, for draft for best ball? So for me, I'm 
I think it's a, a little bit of OCD that I want to get my stacks in early. I was largely drafting quarterbacks Absolutely. fairly early. So I, I mean, we, we talked about, I think uh, you and I both had our highest exposures were Trey Lance. Uh, or yes. he, he, was, he was my highest exposure. I, I guess the other one is not an example of this. You and I both uh, drafted a ton of Zach Wilson. So we both whiffed on the quarterbacks this year, but uh, in general for me, it was who can I stack? Like I, I wouldn't, uh, I would never take a quarterback or I would rarely take a quarterback before I had somebody that I could pair them with. So like uh, I wouldn't, I would, I would, I would rarely take uh, Josh Allen unless I had drafted digs already. Or if I thought I'm going to be able to draw draft Josh Allen with Gabe Davis right away. Like I wanted to get those stacks sealed up quickly. Um, so it was, it was kind of rare for me to take a quarterback without having a stacking partner already, um, which I don't know that that's necessarily a strategy decision I made so much as an OCD, like I want to get my stacks done. I don't want to risk like taking Lamar Jackson and then somebody else taking Rashad Bateman and me not being able to stack him with anybody I want to stack with. That kind of thing was uh, for, for me. What, did, did you have a different strategy for quarterbacks? Uh, it was, uh, I tried to go with the elite quarterback. If I wasn't able to to do that, that's when I went with Zach Wilson, which I, I had a, a very high exposure. I was trying to pull up my exposures right here. Um, my highest one was Zach Wilson at 47% this year. And then with Justin Herbert below that. So I had a lot of Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson stacks, which felt good until this past week. And yeah. then uh, I, I know I have like, I, in my advancing ones, I have like four, Josh Allen, Justin Field teams. So I'm like, I'm pretty nice. excited about that. Um, like the 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 elite quarterback was like key for a lot of things this year. I think I feel like you had to have yeah. an elite quarterback. Like the other than Geno and Jared Goff and Justin Fields, the rest were kind of eh. Yep. Like no, I think like actually like not just elite, but like bully quarterback. Like having two yeah. elite quarterbacks yeah, yeah, yeah. worked out really well this year. Uh, the the one I guess point against that is you could get those elite quarterbacks with Justin Fields and Tua pretty late. Yeah. So it's like you yeah. either a lot of my advancing teams have like uh you know Patrick, I'm, I'm looking right out Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts first Kyler Murray now doesn't help me now but uh Jalen Hurts and Dak or Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson or Patrick so I I actually advanced a number of bully what I would call bully quarterback teams where I have two quarterbacks that I took within the top 100 and then also a number though that I have like one elite quarterback who I took early and then you know Tua in those some of those lineups uh so I have one percent Tua it's pretty bad <laughs> oh no yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's all right not helpful. No. Uh, so, so no Tua, no no Justin Fields. That's uh, not a recipe for success this year. No, I had twenty percent Josh Allen and and thirty percent Justin Herbert, who's on the amend in my opinion. So yeah, yeah, no that's, that that Trey that Lance, Zach Wilson was tough. That that yeah. was tough. Yeah, that was that was really tough. I mean, what what are you gonna do? You can't predict a game one injury to to Trey Lance. He looked like he was ready to break out. Uh, yeah. and had had all of the weapons, um, but yeah. And then Zach Wilson, uh, could you? Could you? And, and, I mean, any quarterback, and, and you put Baker Mayfield back there. You literally put anybody back there, and they're looking good. Zach yeah. Wilson, I, I don't know what happened to that guy. I mean, he wasn't really good in general, but it's like you just have to throw the ball in the direction of these pass catchers, and right. you're, you're you're good. Yeah, and he was just incapable of that, and we yeah. apparently missed out on that that player evaluation. Thought he was going to be better than. Yeah, I mean, he was better last year than he was. I just, I think year. I liked his 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 opportunity more than I actually liked the player itself. Yep. Yeah, and his and, and his playoff matchups were they're on they're incredible. So like, yep. If I you mean, have was, your, if you have Jets players, you're going to be looking good in the playoffs. People were taking Elijah Moore around pick sixty, 
Uh, and then Garrett Wilson was like this really high upside young guy who was going around pick 120. Yeah. So it was like, I actually did not draft much Elijah Moore, but I would frequently like if, if I got sniped on a uh, one of my stacks early on when I wanted Joe Burrow and somebody took him, then I would go ahead and draft Garrett Wilson around pick 120. Yeah. And then, of course, if I had Garrett Wilson, then I'd want to stack with Zach Wilson. It just didn't make sense for how uh, how highly how high Elijah Moore was going. And then, you know, I liked. Garrett Wilson a lot. I liked. Uh, I actually like Corey Davis quite a bit. Uh, and and their their tight ends Conklin and CJ Uzama like they right. they were set up for like this amazing passing yeah. attack and and, and, even, and they had Brees Hall. They yeah. had Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and apparently Zonovan Knight. It's like right. their, their their offense is amazing, but yeah. they just didn't have the right guy back there. Yeah, and and you could get Zach Wilson around pick two hundred. So the thought yeah. was he's got all these weapons, and still nobody wants a quarterback. Like this is yeah. a smash spot for him. So yeah. it, it made sense at the time. It turned out he's just not any good, and they needed to bring yeah. a new quarterback in to make those stacks work. I still have a number of Zach Wilson lineups that uh, that advanced because Same Zach, here. Uh, Same here. because Garrett Wilson did. Because Garrett Wilson is so, so good. Yeah, it sort of worked out backwards uh, for us. Um, so can't really complain. Um, all right, Seth1374. I'm just going to ask you a few more questions here. Seth1314 one, Seth one, asks, uh, what do you think is more important, hard work or stick-to-itiveness? Uh, go with hard work. I think he was trolling with the question. I, 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 I agree. I, saw, I think I saw that one. Uh, I, I mean, hard work is more important, but I, I am pretty stick-to-itiveness. <laughs> I, have, I, I like my takes. You know, like I, I'm yeah. not going to back, back off. My player analysis when I make my mind up just because something happens, I guess. And yeah. maybe that's the way he's I mean, I know it was probably a joke question, but if you have a player take, I would say stick to it. Maybe you're not wrong, even though like Najee Harris probably looks terrible to the most people, but if you really look at it, he was injured right at the rip, probably a little rusty when he came in and was still recovering. Yeah. It's taken a little while, and he's got a smash spot this week against Carolina. Who knows? He might, could might work out for you. Yeah. I still have a bunch of Najee Harris advancing. That was yeah. a good thing about like, and I know that uh, I had this debate with Eric or in his and whatnot, but it's like, he doesn't think like he has enough juice to score the amount of points that you need it for the playoffs. But I think that he does, but it's like, it, you just have to get, get them there. And like, I don't think that many people are going to have a high advanced rate. Najee Harris. I might be like one of the only few people that do. Yeah. So he could be the guy that that wins me or tanks me i guess yeah i mean that that, that has been a big debate like so I, i've watched a lot of best ball content in the past couple of weeks as i've been really getting into it and the debate is who do you want now so like josh jacobs smashing all year do you want josh jacobs on your teams now i mean he clearly helped you get to the playoffs but now what's it going to be 40 percent owned on advancing teams like he's going to be pretty high owned and do and, you want him against 49ers in week 17 because i don't yeah exactly like it's uh it's that that is the question. Do you want the guys that get you to the playoffs or do you want the guys that are going to be unique in the playoffs, which is, you know, Jonathan Taylor. Now you don't believe yeah. in his talent, but he's a guy that didn't get many people to the playoffs. And now yeah. if you have him, you at least got him at really low ownership. So uh, that is that is kind of the debate. Do you want the guys that uh, have been crushing it or do you want the guys that, you know, maybe not many people are going to have, but uh, you believe and an upside, example, yeah. yeah, the Jamar Chase is probably a good example yeah, that love, you yeah. can get behind. Yeah, Jamar Chase, a guy yeah. that you're going to want. He was out for a while. didn't necessarily get you to the playoffs, but if you if you got there despite him, now he's a great play in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that, that is the debate. And maybe Najee is one of the, those guys that maybe didn't help you get there, but now that he's there against Carolina, he puts up 40 fantasy points. You're probably advancing all your teams. So, yep. um, yep. 
It's a fun debate. Uh, okay. You and I met briefly at the Tournament of Champions. How did you enjoy the live final experience at the Tournament of Champions? I want to win another seat to that thing. It was so much fun. Yeah. I, all my uh, scheduled events got canceled. I guess I, I didn't hit the fourth invite email uh, list or whatever. I don't know how many invites you got to sign up for the thing, but I kept signing up and submitting it, but they didn't go through. But I had a lot of fun anyways. We took we went to Top Golf. All the dinner events were awesome. They gave us a bunch of money to, to eat and drink. You know, so yeah look at and then i met like all, all these people and i i watch awesome I, I watch everybody's con i watch i have at my job i don't you know it's kind of a mindless job i just type all day and so i can listen to awesome stuff all day i get to listen to you know my buddies at, at spike week and, and whatnot so it's it's a pretty fun job where i can listen to stuff and yeah. so it was like kind of crazy to meet rim pack and you yeah. and 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 others like uh will Hugh, uh the guy that sent one of the questions in i got to meet yeah, him yeah. there and, and whatnot it's like i gotta meet all these crazy cool people while i was yeah. there and see i got to see like i didn't talk to, i didn't want to be rude like interrupt conversations and whatnot so i got to see like big t and whistles go woo and travis petty yeah it's kind of cool to see like all these big big names in the company or in the in the space out there yeah it's definitely it's a really fun experience and, and that one's I think it's unique. I think even like at the tournament of champions, you get fewer of those guys that you know from online than like the fantasy football world championship, I think yeah. is one that more like pros are looking for. So like you'd probably recognize even more guys, which I've never been to. I've only been to the TOC, but I imagine those ones you have more pros than the tournament of champions where it's kind of a mishmash of some pros and then, you know, some, some just Millie maker winners uh, throughout the, throughout the weeks who maybe don't play a ton of volume. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a very fun experience. It's, you know, yeah. all you can, all you can eat, all you can drink essentially all weekend and uh, just hanging out with all these great DFS players. Well, and um, I won the best ball tournament so late. So I only had like a few weeks to kind of get everything oh, that's situ- right. yeah. it, a couple things situated. So I was like, Oh shoot, I'm going down here. That's awesome. And it's like, yeah, I won a million dollars. Now I get a flop. I get like, I could have fly down for a paid hotel. Like, yes, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, so you mentioned your day job. Uh, do you plan on keeping it for long? I mean, you, I, I know you, you won the Millie. You don't necessarily need the day job still. You think you're going to be uh, keeping keeping the day job. And, and what is the day job, actually? Uh, I work for an insurance company as a data uh, analyst. I, okay. I just make sure that the, the agents do their job. I just type in all the ads and deletes of vehicles. Um, it's... It, it's kind of hard to say right now whether I'm going to keep the job, but uh, I, I think three more years gives me enough time. We're, we're thinking about moving closer to the beach, you nice. know, have the nice lifestyle. So I might work until I get that, you know, I can afford that lifestyle and whatnot. And uh, maybe I get lucky and I can do it sooner. We're looking at 200 K and then we're out. We're out of here. All right. That's a, that's a good goal. Just like, yeah. no, know where you got to get. Uh, you're in, I forget, uh, South Carolina. Where, where are you now? North Carolina, right North outside Carolina. of Carolina. Yeah. Okay. And, but, and, but you are from, uh, oh, I'm now I'm forgetting you. You said this before the show, we talked about it. Uh, so I'm, I was born in California. San that's Diego. right. You're born in California. Yeah, then yeah, you yeah. moved to Illinois. Where moved right next to, yeah. In Pueblo, Illinois, which, uh, Mesquite, Illinois, right next to where, where me and Eric met, which is like, it's so crazy that we're in the same space. He was my quarterback. I was his offensive lineman. And like his dad was my, you know, head coach, freshman head coach. It's like, oh, funny. yeah, it's like, we have like all these things and it's just happened to be, we're in the same space. It's weird. It's it's really. Weird. I mean, you're not just in the same space. You are uh, kind of yeah. leaders of the space. I mean, you're yeah. both guys that are uh, respected in the space. So it's uh, it is pretty that. strange. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you you won the millimaker. Uh, yeah. You, you, Again, I that was my very worst team that was like that went, went through. It's, it got super lucky. Those those 15, 16, 17 uh, groupings. It, it it changed everything. I needed a zero point game from Devonte Parker week sixteen. I'll, 
that was more stressful than winning the million dollars. I, I know that you asked that question at the end of the, the thing, but yeah. winning the ticket to get to the final was more than everything to me. So you you needed Devontae Parker to get actually zero fantasy points. And it zero fantasy out. points, yeah. And, ju- and that was the game that Jalen Waddle scored like 30 fantasy points. And uh, I don't forget who they were playing. It might have been the Saints. And uh, yeah, he, he tore it up and the Devontae Parker got zero. It was crazy. That is insane. Yeah, that's... uh. Quite the run out to get there. Yeah, um, yeah I, I am going to ask you that question. Actually, one more question for us, uh, because we, we've talked a little bit about DFS. This is the, the, the rare show that we didn't really talk much about DFS. But were, were you a high? No, it's it's because that's the way I wanted to go. I want to talk about best ball. Uh, were, were you a high volume DFS player prior to winning the Millie? And have you played much this year with some extra juice in your bank account? Uh, I invested. Uh, so. The the guy I can I think of his name you had him on a few episodes the Rainmakers and he was playing best balls taking people Wiley yeah yeah Matt Wiley yeah um he I, I I'm heavily invested in in Rainmakers right now uh I would say that I, I pretty much only play with what I can I get for my work so it's like kind of still slow low volume it's like two hundred dollars to three hundred dollars a week not very much and uh, but mainly it's just Rainmakers and trying to like like recoup all my losses from best ball this year. Okay. It's, it's, it's been a lot still of fun. Not, still not that involved in, in DFS. You're still mostly, uh, you know, you, you do the kind of niche stuff. You do the best ball and then the rainmakers, not dude. Not- rainmakers is where it's at. Like I won, uh, let's see here. I won 80 tickets week one to the Millie maker because nobody oh. was playing it. So I was like, I was putting in dead lineups, but it was like so much overlay that like, it was just free money. And it still is kind of on the three on the, like the showdown slate. If you have cards, it's like a free three dollars, pretty much. All right, maybe I need to start thinking about. It. I I have not done any rainmakers. I, I literally have not played. I think a single rainmakers contest. Uh, I just it kinda... is it is work, but it keeps away a lot of people who don't want to actually work in that space. It, it, yep. it does take some time. Yeah, it takes away some of the competition. Probably there are plenty of sharks who are like, "Well, I make enough at DFS. Why am I going to bother right. with this extra work of rainmaker?" So it's probably smart to, to focus. Yeah. And I'm at the low end. I'm not at where Matt Wiley is in playing the high stakes. Right, right. Yeah, he's playing, he's playing very he, high stakes. He, he's at a different level than I am. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I think that was the final question that I had for you, uh, at least written down. Um, Except for, of course, as you alluded to, the final question that I always like asking every guest: Tell me about your favorite best ball slash DFS win and or win celebration. So it, I can't not talk about the the, the best ball million making championship win. Uh, it it was a kind of incredible. Like Daji had not done anything all game really. He had one big run in the second quarter, and it's the fourth quarter. I'm in second place, uh, pretty well ahead. Second, you know, like and it was like four points behind uh, first place. And I'm just sitting there on the couch. It's like two minutes to go. The the Steelers could easily just kneel the ball and, and whatnot. And, and, and it'd be okay. Like, and I was already calculating how much I have to pay on 250 taxes. I was kind of disappointed. I didn't get to go to the tournament champions or whatnot. And uh, they ran the ball twice and, and it got a few yards here and there, but it's like, okay, well now they can just kneel it and, and, and call it a day. They ran it a third time. And it was like the, it just parted for them. It, before he even like hit like the hole, I was running around my house screaming and hollering with my wife. It's like, did he win? Did he get it? I'm like, and I'm just screaming up and down my hallway. My kids were sleeping. I don't know how they stayed asleep, but they were <laughs> sleeping. And then shortly after, I made like a little silly video about me winning the best ball championship on Twitter. I forgot about that. I remember yeah. the video at the time. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I forgot that you had made a video. Yes. Uh, don't you th- like for me? I do not celebrate a touchdown until like a minute later because I like so often you see like 30 seconds later. Oh, there's a flag on the play. Like yeah. you're just like, oh, by the way, there's a flag. And it's like a holding. None of if that, that would happen, if that would happen, I would have been so devastated. <laughs> yeah. I threw my glasses flew off. I had no, like, I had no idea whether you actually scored or not, but uh, I was running around the house like you did. <laughs> you, you didn't even wait and watch to see if you. No, scored I was. Like, I, I didn't see the play actually until like three weeks later. That is that is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you could have just been like, don't check the internet, just assume you won a million. Like, well, was... I'm telling myself I won. <laughs> they didn't really, really run any replays because it was like all on Big Ben because it was his last home game or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So it's like they wouldn't really like mattered about what was he was doing. It was about what Big Ben was doing, crying or something. That is an awesome story, uh, to win it like that. You, you said though, uh, was it two hundred and fifty thousand a second? Yeah. Okay. So it was not as big of a drop off as you often see, which yeah, is a million like and then a hundred thousand or, or mm-hmm. one fifty in some of the the big contests. So at least I guess it wouldn't have been that devastating to just right. win two hundred fifty thousand instead. Yeah. But uh, still, that is. Do, do you know the guy who won the or the the person who won second place? No, I tried to figure out who he was on Twitter, see if he was on Twitter. I couldn't find anything, but okay, I felt uh, terrible, but I mean, yeah. relative got to, to I mean the the tournament of champions, uh, lat, I guess two years ago. It was uh, similar to best ball this year. Like you either win a milli or you win zero. And there was there was a guy who heard about that, on, yeah. on a last second fly. So and, and you know and like this year, like the guy who was winning the uh, the, the million best ball had a what twelve point lead going into the final day. And Evan Ingram, uh, it's, it's, you can't feel too bad for the guy who wins two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars relative to the people where they were winning milli and then they won zero. Uh, yeah. in, you know, not not nearly as devastating. Of course, you can still you can still feel bad for them. Yeah. Um, anyway. Felix, uh, thank you so much for coming on. This is a really great conversation. Love, uh, love talking some best ball. And uh, I'm going to have to check out your YouTube channel. Uh, as, as we were talking about before the show, you don't really share it that often on Twitter. So I was like, I, uh, I thought I knew that you were involved with this company. I'd seen the, the logo a little bit, but I don't think I've ever actually seen. I've only ever seen you on other people's streams when, when you've yeah. been a guest. So I'll have to uh, check that out. But uh, tell, tell me, where, where can people find you? I'm over at Best Ball Nation, and uh, it's just me. I, I go, well, during the drafting season, I'll be on just about every day. But uh, during this kind of off season of Best Ball, I'll, I'm usually on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at okay, 9 p.m. And that, that's on YouTube. Yes. Best every... Ball Nation YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, you are at Crying Buffalo. And those, yes. are, those are the places people can find you. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm uh, sorry. I don't have much else. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's perfect. I mean, that's uh, that's plenty of places for people to find you if you want to watch some of Felix's content throughout the year. I'm sure you'll be doing some best ball con- content coming up uh, next year as well. Cool. Well, uh, thanks a lot again, Felix, for coming on to High Stakes episode 28. Thank you to Mike Lawrence for producing. As always, you can find Mike on Twitter at AwesomeYo. And thank you for watching High Stakes episode 28. You'll be able to find High Stakes episode 29 two weeks from the release date of this episode on Friday around 2 o'clock Eastern. Thanks for watching. Good luck.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.